All right. I feel like, you know, we're almost five minutes in. We should, uh, we've got a good crowd here. So let's dive in. You guys good with that? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get into some of these synth updates first and, uh, the upcoming Thor games and where we are with that. Yeah. We're so let's start with since then call. Um, so yeah, from the, from the nine realms and network side, I'll give a little, little update on synth. So, um, for, for those of you guys who are new, a uh, little bit of background when Thorchain ships new features, one of the questions we've been asking, you know, late last year is like, how do we really test these things out and get the community? We've got a really sharp community. How do we get everybody involved in basically making sure this stuff is battle ready and ready for, for mainnet? And so what we rolled out last year was StageNet, which was kind of the like the proving grounds for new chain connections and things like that. But it also opens up the ability for us to do new types of economic games. And so synths are one of the major features. Um, and I don't know if, if anybody, if you guys are familiar with synths, but maybe Chad or, or Thorchain, you guys can give a little bit of just an overview of what synths are. But I'll give a quick like a quick high level. Synths are synthetic assets that can be created from your LP position on the network, which trade at much faster speeds. So you can swap Bitcoin, things like that. And if you ever need to resolve out, you can resolve down to the native layer one asset. But what this should do is really speed up the volume and transaction capabilities of Thorchain. So it's a really big feature for the network. And one of the questions is, you know, how do we actually test this out? So we're going to be doing the first, uh, like basically Thor games is what we're calling them. But between the core team and Nine Realms and a bunch of ecosystem partners, uh, Broker, uh, ThorSwap, and a bunch of others, we've got queued up is uh, basically a, an economic game where people can start testing on, on banging on synths on, on StageNet. And so what this will allow people to do is to use actual live interfaces. So, you know, you can go to ThorSwap or you can go to Broker, you can mint synthetics, and you can try to basically game the system or break it on StageNet. And what that'll let us do is, We'll, uh, we'll we'll be we'll be announcing a lot more details next week, and we'll go live with the with the Thor games next week as a network. But just for everybody who's on who's on this call, you kind of have a little bit of a preview of what's coming. We'll be releasing details in terms of what the rewards are. There'll be some you know hefty economic remuneration for people who are involved and and actually are able to break it. Um, but yeah, that's what's coming down the pipe. So next week, in terms of one of the major features of Thor Chain that'll be moving a lot of volume through the network over the course of this year, um, the first aspects of that are going live, and we've got a brand new test bed yeah super exciting um cool to you know bring in the broader community to get to bang on things and 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 be incentivized to do so and 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 yeah like you were saying to to zoom out a bit i mean the the excitement around sense is that this is going to lay the framework for things like single-sided yield and um in the future borrowing and lending on all these different assets and then also like you said uh almost like an l2 like the ability to swap between all of these assets at super fast, low fee, uh, because they're they're just represented on the Thorchain network, backed by the LP positions. So, definitely something that everyone has been very excited for a long time. And now we're in the literally the home stretch. We're on StageNet, and the games are about to begin. And then, uh, what would you say after maybe if you had to put an estimate on how long like the games last until until there's sufficient testing uh what are we thinking there we're uh at least probably probably i'd say at a max probably two weeks at a min at least a week so probably somewhere in there um otherwise wow. it's like you you can really get a, a good focused push and the fact that we're opening it up to the public and saying hey go and hit on this on these websites and that doesn't mean that you know a lot of work hasn't been done behind the scenes so it's not like we're just starting to take a look at this a lot of foundation uh has been laid to open up this as the first like public thor games Right. This is just like the final testing layer to make sure 
nothing possibly slipped through the cracks. It's not like the first time it's ever been <laughs> tested. <laughs> exactly. And another piece of this on, on the synth side that's that's kind of exciting is um, this will be a big piece of composability for, for ThorChain, you know, because since we can export them, they'll be Cosmos-based assets, but the fact that you can resolve those down into native Bitcoin or native ETH, that's a really great thing. Then we can also export those to different markets using IBC. So um, yeah, since going live is a, is, a, is a really key feature. Pretty stoked to get it out. Yeah, on that, that's a question I've been seeing a lot. So it'd be good to to zoom in on that for a second, if we could. Like, is are are the synths going to be exportable, like from the launch, or is that something that we're going to be waiting on? Because I know a lot of people are excited to see synths and even Rune like go out on IBC. Yep. So it'll be they won't be exportable on launch, but that's uh, that's just a natural part of of the roadmap of synths. It'll be a nice way for. Uh, Thorchain's right. assets to start to migrate into other ecologies. Awesome. So it sounds like that wouldn't be something, you know, it, it's probably relatively soon after, like it's not, um, I won't give a timeline, hurdle. but it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I won't give a timeline, awesome. but it's, it's very straightforward. And, and again, like one of the, one of the major benefits of synths is what Thorchain offers is the fact that once you have that synth, you know, you can resolve that down into native Bitcoin. You can't really do that anywhere else in the ecosystem right now. And that's just a, like, that's kind of a mind blower. So there, again, like we were talking this morning, there's a lot of education around what ThorChain actually offers that most people are just unaware of, unless you're very familiar with it. But some of the things that we're going to be turning on are going to make it very obvious. Yeah, <laughs> very exciting. I, I feel like it's all coming together. And in the coming weeks and months, uh, I feel like people are going to start waking up to to what's actually possible here and what's already not even possible, but what's already happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like twenty one was was proving everything out, making sure making sure it all works as expected, working out some of the the core kinks, and now you're going to just see a lot of development, scaling, shipping of the things that we've been talking about for a while. Which yeah, it's a good season. Yeah, Gavin, would you mind talking for a second about what the effect of Sense will be on the network? Exactly. Like, what, what will, how will the experience change from Sense going live after, uh, you know, all the Thor games and stuff have been completed? Yeah, good, uh, good question. So, the probably the most noticeable thing will actually be the the speed, just the speed of of, of resolving your trades, right? So now, now people outside the ecosystem who have been, you know, hesitant to use Thorchain for what it, for you know, it's going to take you X, Y, X to, to get your Bitcoin transaction confirmed, right? You've got these transaction times that are all kind of like idiosyncratic based on the different networks that are connected. Now we have a layer of resolution that's unified at the synth level. And it, again, it all resolves down to the, to the native layer one assets. But we have these synths that are backed by this, which all move at the speed of whatever synth resolution is. And so that's going to be a major just boost to the network in terms of people who want to get involved who haven't just because of the speed of the, like I said, the, the L1s. Once you have that L1 kind of foundation in place and the Bifrost and just these pieces that are observing and moving transactions, once you lift all that up a level to something that's unified like synths, then you can do some pretty amazing shit. Then you can do, you know, like the, the like I said, the most noticeable thing that'll be immediate is just now you can actually have, you know, immediate, like almost you have two-second finality on your trades. Um, and so this will allow people to start using ThorChain more programmatically um, to do some different things. So what this should be is a major mover for volume on the network as synths start to scale. And that'll also trickle back to the underlying LPs, right? Because all, oh, of, exactly. that, all of that additional volume through all of those, uh, you know, by, by simplifying and making trades much cheaper and faster, that entices a lot more volume. And all of that volume sits on top of the 
native assets in the pools, which boosts yes. all of that. So it starts, and then the deeper the pool, the, the more enticing the pool is, the deeper the deeper that pool gets, which allows for more synth to be minted. Correct. <laughs> so yeah. it's a so, great so, flywheel. So this, so this is a really, this is a really nice piece. And, and again, like uh, this, this design will mature, but it's, but the base pieces are are really nice. And like, in like I said, this week's market conditions are, it's a, might be a, a nice stage to talk about like the, so if you think about the yield on Thorchain, it's sustainable and it is sound. The, the economic design is, is very functional. And when you think about like an LP position, you can think about synths as stacking yield on top of the existing just base position, because again, all that volume just starts to drive that. So that's a lot of how we think about it over here is just like, how do you just keep stacking yield onto a given position without you know, without stacking a lot of risk on top of it as well. And so synths are a really nice design from that standpoint, because, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of different players can get involved now from um, single-sided exposure, but also then you get these benefits of uh, increased volume, which again, trickle down to the original LP position. So it's a really nice way to just like juice a little bit more out of one position. And I should mention that we also have uh, Orion from Nine Realms up on the stage as well. Hey, Orion. Welcome, Welcome. Orion. What's up? Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, GM. I wanted to just add to what Gavin was saying around uh, synths. So synths also change the um, uh, change the LP position a little bit as well. Uh, so because synths are kind of uh, this dynamic um, unit of account in the network, uh, we end up having you know more more yield going to LPs. Um, but it's also kind of a, a leveraged um, a kind of a leveraged position. So like as things you know, as your pool performs well, you know, you get more of that reward, uh, but then it also goes the other way. Um, so there's going to be a bit of, um, of education that will happen around, like, what does it mean to hold an LP position uh, in Thorchain? And, you know, what is the proportion of synths to pool depth that can be uh, created and, and what the trade-offs are? So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that brings up a good point, which would be great to highlight is how maybe we could describe, like, how will the what the maximum synth amount versus pool depth is because like that's going to be capped right so this isn't going to be like the vol the the volume can't just go to infinity immediately like it's it's capped by the pool depth right so um can we touch on that a bit sure so the idea the idea with capping the the um, kind of a amount of synths proportional to the depth of the pool uh, is to to make sure that we keep the um the kind of economic system safe. Uh, initially, initially things will get rolled out into a very small proportion of the pool, like you know one percent, then five percent, and then gradually increase. Um, and then, and then I think that the maximum is around thirty-three percent, and that will be for you know just the deepest kind of most um, most secure pools. Uh, so think like Bitcoin and ETH. Um, and I think that there's some good conversation happening right now around, you know, allowing, allowing node operators to kind of vote on, you know, which pools uh, have, um, you know, can have uh, different, different sorts of caps, uh, you know, based on that kind of risk. Um, but just to kind of summarize all of that, I think, I think that there's a big education push that we can put forward, you know, so everybody understands all of the, all the moving pieces here uh, so that node operators and the community can kind of, you know, make some educated decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely hope to put out a lot of content from ThorSwap. I'll, I'll crank some videos once I, uh, once I make sure I fully understand everything myself. <laughs> uh, anything else to touch on on since uh, before we kind of move to the next subject? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, Ryan, add to this one, but like, 
please get, we'll go live with more information next week, but the community banging on synths across the interfaces and really trying to game the hell out of it. This is the first time we can do this. So it'd be great to get some really good feedback on this one. So my, my request would be like everybody who's interested in the economics of this thing. Now you can get really hands-on in a new way. Please do. Yeah. It's probably also important to call out that like, you know, the values and stuff on stage net are, are different and all of that. So it's not something to use as a real thing, but you know, to play around with small amounts and to try to try to game it. Right. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. I, I do have a question that I, I think a lot of people will, are probably thinking right now. Uh, where's the best spot to look at to get information when it comes out? So, like, when the games are live, when since they're live, like, finding all this information is, uh, you know, it, it's sometimes like a point of friction for people here. So, where is it that people should be looking for all the newest information on when these features go live? And all the you know benefits, drawbacks, you know things of that nature. Where should people look? Yeah, we'll we'll make a push to get uh, things out on uh, Thorchain Twitter. There will also be a kickoff call in the Dev Discord related to the Synth uh, War Games um, or Thor Games uh, for Synths, and uh, that will kind of give folks uh, some initial context. And then over time, um, the community will work on some educational material uh, as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Awesome. Thanks, Orion. Uh, I guess we could start talking about the aggregator now, which is something that has just come to light. Like, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but uh, it, it just seems like it's a very exciting topic because, well, all of us are bullish on uh, cross-chain swaps, but, you know, long cross-chain long tail to another cross-chain long tail, what exactly does that mean for, uh, for ThorChain? What, what, what is a dex aggregator and what is it that we're trying to do with that so i'll give a little bit of like a little bit of color on on what it can do so one thing what we're giving people is basically the ability to use well here here's so some of the driving things of how we're thinking about thorchain this year are now that we're laying the foundation what are the things you really want to do well you want to increase security so bond you want to increase then the volume and the depth the volume moving through the, the network and the depth of the pools so with those three kind of like focus points, you can think of the aggregator or these DEX aggregators as something that's going to move a lot of volume through ThorChain. And so aggregators are basically, it's like you can do you can do any asset in, and then you can allow a smart contract to do some custom logic on the back end when an asset comes out. And so, for example, imagine that there's you know an, an ETH DeFi protocol that is very interested in Bitcoin, and they're based around Bitcoin. And maybe what they can do is they can now accept native Bitcoin and you can basically deposit. So from their, from their perspective, from the user perspective or from that protocol's perspective, you can deposit now native Bitcoin and pop out the other side into a, uh, a, a yield bearing position that now holds, you know, some, some wrapped Bitcoin. But either way, what happened was that the user came in, they have what they have native Bitcoin in their wallet. They're able to deposit native BTC and then they get some, you know, yield-bearing Bitcoin instrument in whatever that protocol is. And so now you have the ability for these custom interfaces or, you know, for 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 folks showing up or users to start working with assets, like native layer one assets that they've never had the ability to work with to start going into yield-bearing instruments in other networks that they never have possibly have been able to do. So the aggregator is basically this pattern that allows contracts on the back end to do some custom logic, which really can integrate ThorChain into their product in a new way. So it's a, it's a pretty killer feature. Um, we're just starting to kind of understand what it can do and talking to some protocols in the back end. but those are the basics. Yeah. It feels like it'll be a key 
feature in in the ability to abstract away all the complexity, right? Because this is going to mean that you only really have to sign one transaction to kick off a cascade of things happening in the background. But over time, that could mean, uh, you know, oh, like there's a there maybe there's a Terra product that's offering staking on a CW20 token or whatever, and you could just approve Bitcoin and then it goes through all of that. And then suddenly you're, you're all the way into that contract, but on some front end, maybe that was as simple as one click essentially. Right. Exactly. And this is also a place where like, that's a, that's a great point. This is also a place where custom experiences and products can be built at the user level where it's like, maybe in the same way that, you know, you want to focus on a given network, like just Terra or just Doge or whatever. Now you can focus on a given asset and a given output, right? You could say, hey, I want to focus a product on just bit, nat- like native Bitcoin users and offer to them the highest yielding products on the other side. And what you do is you just write aggregators out the back end that could connect to the best products, right? It'd be like a very simple thing to do there. Um, but yeah, the, the aggregator basically makes it this really, it's a really nice way to focus on, on kind of custom experiences using Thorchain as rails that kind of get abstracted away into the background. Yeah. I love that. It could be positioned just for, just for Bitcoin. And you have a whole menu of options on, on that particular interface or on existing apps. They just offer the ability to come in from any other asset rather than having to go through various swaps on different platforms just to get in the door. This is kind of like something they can integrate to bring anyone in or a site could aggregate a whole menu of options for, for users coming from different from coming from Doge, coming from Terra, coming from BTC. Exactly. Um, this, this also kind of dovetails into the point about wallets too, but yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. Yeah. I think, um, and we could, we could shift to that or is there, well, um, if there's yeah, questions that, or we want to dive, if we want to dive deeper on this, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely open to question, audience questions at the end. Um, from my end, um, Miller, do you have any questions on on the aggregator? Yeah, yeah. So at, at first, is this planning to be like a full feature set where basically uh, you'd have like Uniswap and and SushiSwap and all of these other chains integrated as well, or is this going to start out as like an ERC twenty? Uh, aggregator or like is there a plan for how this is going to go down yeah so i mean the 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 initial contracts are out we're having conversations behind the scenes with a couple of early protocols to just understand uh you know integrations and needs from their perspective but in the eth ecosystem basically everything is ready to go from the contract perspective so you know you can take a look on gitlab things are up there uh, as soon as Terra is connected, we'll be able to we'll be able to do long tail uh, assets on that network as well. So it winds up becoming this like really nice piece of architecture and composability. So um, everything you can you can start you, if like if you have a protocol or if you have a protocol in mind that you think should use Thorchain as Rails and maybe there's a native asset that it wants to work with, like let us know, get in touch, and we'll 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 start talking with you because the the basics are there. Yeah, it'll of course be super exciting to see these other platforms integrating it, but that's kind of on, on them to agree to integrate it. I guess from our ecosystem lens, um, it'll of course be, you know, ThorSwap and uh, stuff like that are going to, are going to have this available. But yeah, if, you know, if it ends up on, on major other platforms that we're all familiar with, then that is really going to be the Holy grail, which <laughs> well, it sounds yeah, like, and, sounds and very likely. Part of, and that'll be part of like just the, the network development, you know, push behind the scenes is making, is making it uh, like just an, a no-brainer for when you show up at a at a major DEX aggregator, 
you know, you can just deposit Bitcoin and get something else out, right? You can start very, very simple with the base asset that we're working with. And so that's, that'll be probably one of the major pushes is just get the basics covered. Yeah, that's what I can't stop thinking about is that uh, you're really going to be putting yourself at a disadvantage if you don't integrate something like this at a point, like once, once it kind of gets rolling and, and some people are doing it, then, you know, why would you want to have a lesser feature set when you could plug this in and have all of this other access to liquidity from other chains and all this composability, uh, you know, would just be a disadvantage not to, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, it's that the thing is like, none of this is speculative. The largest trades in the world still run through BTC, right? So you're opening up the largest market in the world by just, by just working with one asset, you know what I mean? And by working with that one asset, then by default, you're going to be connected to all other assets if you'd like. But either way, all we got to do is just get the wedge in there. And the wedge again is one again, it's the most economically significant trade in the world in crypto right now. So we've got a decent argument, but now it's just about kind of like nailing some of these integrations and getting it out there. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, just to kind of give like a, a, a one liner of the importance. <clears throat> it's like, you know, this is like, this is allowing you to just go from anywhere to anywhere in one transaction. And that's going to be that's so, such an obvious game changer versus like sending through a million different things or e even with existing aggregators right now you still have to approve a bunch of transactions things can get stuck somewhere in the middle and you don't know what's going on whereas with this it's just going to be like oh i have btc and i want to route all the way to an obscure erc20 or an obscure cw20 or in the future whatever other chains are integrated then you know that'll mean signing a single transaction and boom it's sent to your wallet on that completely other chain that historically was completely inaccessible <laughs> from a starting point like bitcoin yeah and this is like we could we could spend the whole call on this right this is a absolutely killer feature like this is just a sweet like you ever do that where you just like you, you're signing a transaction then the next transaction pops up and the next transaction pops up because you just gotta like this changes the experience it also changes the capability like all in one shot so if it sounds like we're excited about this it's a it's a pretty killer feature yeah, no, I think I genuinely think this is one of the most exciting things coming to Thorchain. And it seems like it's, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't obvious, like we've all been looking for since and for Terra for for quite a while. But then this aggregator was kind of like, Oh, wow, like this is, this is going to gain a lot of the spotlight, because this could be the killer feature that allows it like Thorchain to, to hide on the back end on a lot more places. Like it really seems to help abstract away the, the complexity. Bingo. Yeah, I'd also add just as a, a call to action for the community, you know, if there's a if you're a builder in on a different platform, you know, reach out um, to to chat with us, we we're happy to help you interface with the aggregator um, or or get, um, you know, something spun up for your uh, particular chain. Yeah, and a good and a good, you know, something to like something to hit on here is these kind like everything here is in the early stages. So we still need to bang on this from a from a lot of perspectives, you know, we need to throw some heavy, set, throw some heavy auditing at these things. Um, you know, just keep pushing the limits on or keep pushing, uh, keep pushing on security on this pattern. Um, so it's the very early days, things are working. We're talking with protocols, but just, uh, you know, just kind of like to throw, to throw a little bit of like a flag up of like, Hey, this is early. We've still got to do a bunch of work on these, but the pattern itself and all the features we're describing, what it unlocks, that is very real, but you know, it's the early days. So again, for builders, don't hesitate to reach out. It'd be great to just start collaborating with you guys and to start putting some real world examples out there. Awesome. Uh, I think it'd probably be a good time to transition to the next subject. Um, it might it might make sense to do just the quick 
Luna updates while we're talking about the upcoming things like since uh, I know there might not be a, a huge anything hugely revolutionary since last week, but just to kind of go over what's on track there, um, I think people would be excited to hear. Yeah, I'm happy to take that one. So so the kind of current state of play is, you know, Luna is being integrated on StageNet, um, you know, as, as everyone is aware. The, the next step is uh, writing a lot of different tests uh, to improve the coverage um, so that, you know, we have, you know, total confidence in the implementation. Um, so that's kind of the the current um, effort is around that uh, testing and validation. Um, and just as an aside, if you're ever looking to get into involved in a project, you know, just start writing writing tests because uh, that's sorely needed for a lot of things. So anyway, that's that's kind of the current state of play there. And then what will happen next is, you know, after after the set of tests are, are written, then it'll, you know, we'll, we'll bang on it a little bit more and then, uh, and then kind of open it up to the next steps, uh, in terms of the runbook to, to moving it on to chaos. Net. Sweet. Thanks, Ryan. Definitely looking forward to seeing all the new chains come up online. That's just it's something that the community has just really been buzzing for. And you can, you can kind of feel it with how many people are just talking about, uh, you know, being able to interact with Luna on, on door chain, uh, the dash community has been you know, really hyped about uh, getting Dash up, and 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 like there's other people too that are very excited to see their uh you know chain of choice on on Thorchain. So thanks for uh giving us an update on that. I yep, Chad. Uh, yeah, no, I just kind of want to reiterate. You know, I think this Terra integration, especially, is just so exciting for the community, for both communities, for the Thorchain ex- community and the and the Terra community because. There's such a there's such an obvious synergy between the two, and there's a lot of just philosophical parallels between the two projects, and both have very interesting tokenomics, and like there's a lot of overlap. And then the way these just synergize, like I'm I'm from a personal level very excited for this one, <clears throat> and um, you know, just to all the lunatics, like definitely give this a good look and help help your lunatic friends to you know, to see what's going on here and to see how this really uh, brings a ton to both ecosystems. Because like we were saying on the aggregator stuff, and you know, that that's kind of like the core Thorchain thing here is like, this means all these other assets can easily have access to the Terra ecosystem. But it also means that now UST can, you know, interact with Doge, Bitcoin, whatever, like all these various things on Thorchain. And, and that's just huge. And it, it can be a huge use case for UST. And then that also helps build Thorchain's liquidity pool depth, which is kind of like where, where Rune accrues value. Um, so it's just, it really is like a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a, a little anecdote when uh, Pluto messaged me a couple weeks ago and was like, yo, I need some Luna. Uh, I was just like, you know, vibrating with uh, excitement and, uh, you know, had to had to slow down and, and get everything set up for uh, to send it over. But yeah, we're we're super excited. And and uh, yeah, believe me, we're we're pushing as hard as we can to to make this happen uh, in the right way. 100 percent. Well, we're in the home stretch. Like it's it's on stage net. bit of testing, bit of making sure everything is good to go. And then everyone's going to be able to, to use it. <laughs> super exciting. Cool. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably good on, on Luna. Um, we're all ready for that. Let's uh, let's touch on uh, probably Orion. I think you had added this one. Uh, the 
wallet integrations, like what's, what's, what's missing there, what's coming, uh, you know, BTC ledger integration, I know is, is a hot topic that a lot of people are waiting for. Um, yeah. Thoughts on that. Yeah, sure. So I'll give a quick update and then I can hand it over to, to Gavin on this as well. But the, the kind of gist of it is that we've heard from a lot of different people in the community that, you know, are interested in LPing with, um, you know, Bitcoin specifically, that the lack of uh, ledger integration on the various uh, front ends is, is a big blocker. So kind of the focus across the ecosystem is, you know, how do we help all of, you know, everybody make sure that they have ledger support and that's prioritized. And then, you know, getting, getting, you know, whether it's devs or other resources that, that folks need in order to, to get that prioritized and making sure that they have those resources. Um, and I think that this is a, like, while integrations more broadly is, is just a big um, piece of this next step, you know, the kind of, the kind of current pattern of, you know, being very reliant on key stores, um, you know, I don't think is, is the long-term kind of sustainable path. And so, yeah, bringing, bringing uh, more wallet integrations on is a, is a major priority to drive both kind of LP depth um, and swap uh, participation. Um, so that's kind of the focus. Cool. And w- would you expect that would um, like say for Doge, uh, like I know that was kind of one of the um, less than perfect parts of the Doge launch is the, just that you can only use a key store. So like, would you, because those are, are similar, like would that also mean Doge ledger support probably at basically the same time? Um, I'm not sure on the, on the Doge side, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. Gavin, do you have any insights there? Yeah, those two aren't directly related. Um, mm. So not, so not specifically, but that, that's kind of like what Orion's pushing at is one of the, is one of the thrusts of where we as a network need to make some headway this year, which we'll start to focus on, which is wallet integrations. Because if you think about it, like, from the protocol north, you know, through middleware and through the application layer, even at the application layer, say say you're building a custom aggregator, right? And you you have like this this interface and this app that you're building that allow people to deposit X, you know, into some into some position Y. You still have to resolve into the into the wallet piece. The wallet piece is like where UX is always eventually pushed. And right now, you know, the wallet experience for single chain is is still a pretty mixed bag, right? There's a few really good experiences, but people are still relatively confused. And then when you start to throw multi-chain in, you know, you can count the really good multi-chain experiences on one hand, um, probably on, you know, maybe one finger. Um, <laughs> but, you know, from that perspective, there's a ton of work to be done. And so now that we've, you know, like I said, you lay the foundation work, get the protocol working, but now you start to see the bottlenecks in the ecosystem of what allows people to really start using things and multi-chain wallet experiences that are solid, that are connected, um, is one of the pieces where we'll start to, we'll start to put some efforts. Awesome. Thanks guys. I, I know that everyone will uh, really appreciate it once these, uh, different wallet integrations are online, especially all the ledger stuff, you know, being on a hardware wallet is an important security, uh, security measure for anyone that's here. And I'm sure, uh, you know, everyone is very excited to be able to interact with DoorChain using their hardware wallet, especially for Bitcoin, which is just the, you know, the biggest thing that's connected to DoorChain that's not really connected anywhere else. There's a huge advantage there in being, uh, being the first to connect to the largest instant finality liquidity network in the world, so uh, it, it is it is incredible. Once uh, these hardware wallets come online, then there's just a more secure way to do it. No more no more key stores, uh, and that's very exciting. Yeah, and also to note, um, you know, for P- if anyone is uh, maybe newer hasn't hasn't used it, but 
you already can use Ledger with most chains uh, with ThorChain, just to clarify that. It's mainly, I think Bitcoin is the really like the elephant in the room here that needs to be solved in the in the ledger department. But, um, you know, you can do it with, you can use native ThorChain rune on ledger. You can even add asymmetrically to pools. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of it is here, but yeah, that, that bolder step of Bitcoin ledger integration is definitely going to be huge, especially for those big Bitcoin holders that are very wisely, you know, very, uh, security focused. So yeah. I, I do have a question here. Um, I, I was thinking, are, are these integrations coming at like the interface level? Are these coming from ThorSwap and like, say, uh, all this development will happen on, on ThorSwap and it'll be accessible there? Or um, how exactly is the team integrating all these wallets? Sorry, I'm not familiar with the, like the, the technical end of how, this, how these things happen. So how exactly... Where does a new wallet get integrated? Will it immediately be available on, like, say, XDeFi wallet or uh, some of the other wallets that people in this ecosystem use? So, if you th- like, there's not an easy answer there because it differs, right? Sometimes the product itself can can integrate it, right? Because you obviously have support for Bitcoin on Ledger and you know Trezor things like that. But it's if you think about it, like the the products and then the then the networks on like an X and a Y axis. And where their intersection is, then you have some. There's 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 even depth at like each intersection point, in terms of what interface chooses to support which network. Um, and so there's really not a clean answer. It's more kind of like you focus on where you have leverage and where you want to start to move the needle. And so you know, it's yeah. Sorry, there's just not there's not really like a, uh, a like a sweeping answer for like oh this is exactly who does what and how it goes. It's kind of a messy landscape in terms of where ux and where uh hardware wallets meet and so you're kind of working across the board whether it's the you know an installed wallet or whether it's the ui that needs to support something and they decide to do it so yeah it's kind of all over the board yeah would you mind actually just speaking on a second about uh how the overall development process works because it's probably very unlike most things that people are picturing like some kind of uh decentralized protocol that then interfaces with all these other decentralized team front ends. Uh, It it is kind of, it it is messy, like from the outside looking at uh, how all this stuff works. Would you be able to speak a little bit more on how that process works? Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's talk, let's think about it from, from the ground up, the ground up and why everybody's here is ThorChain, right? So ThorChain being the fundamental L1 protocol that makes these swaps possible. So, if you strip everything else away, you've got the foundation level protocol, which is where we focus, which is where the core team focuses. And that's just where like, that's where the efforts really need to be in terms of security and all these things just to make the basic, the basics work. If you have none of that, you have nothing, you have, you know, nothing on top of it can be built. Now, assuming you have the base layer, then the question is like, all right, so what's the ecology that's going to tap into that base layer and actually drive volume through the pools, drive depth, allow people to deposit assets and things like that? Because what you can assume is once you have a base protocol that delivers on the promises, you know, you'll have big actors who can get in there and programmatically do things using the CL, using a CLI or, you know, doing things at scale at speed, a little more technically, you'll always have those players, but that's a minority, even though that minority can drive a lot of volume and a lot of depth, it's still not exactly the full ecosystem you want to develop. So as you move North in the stack, that's when things get a little more complicated, right? You have applications. And so the applications are what you really want really tight relationships with. You want you want really collaborative teams that understand the nature of the protocol. 
And we have a bunch of those in the ThorChain ecosystem. So from that standpoint, the application layer, that's that's developing really, really well. And the teams that are that are building in the multi-chain DeFi space, holy shit, they're I mean, they're amazing, right? Like they're kind of this is a pie, this, they're they're at the edge of where crypto is from a multi-chain. Like we're building a decentralized, you know, Binance or a Coinbase making a really good user experience there in a way where people have, you know, control over their assets. This is just kind of like, this is the edge of where things are at. Like I said earlier, like, you know, really good experiences on single chain are just starting to emerge. And so multi-chain, it's still like just, yeah, the early days. And so at, once you're at the application layer, assuming you have a team that's really collaborative, then you've got to push even north from the application into the wallet, right? How are people actually interacting with the application? And that's where you get into different wallets, right? You have like browser plugins, you have hardware wallets, um, you have just a variety of ways to interact with an application, and so, you know, it's like I said, the, if you have the if you have the basis covered at the at the base level of the protocol, then you start then you're able to shift your focus or divert efforts to start collaborating with teams at the wallet and application level. And as a protocol, like protocols can choose to do it any any number of ways, right? You could just focus on the protocol and let the ecosystem develop around you, and hope that people plug in. But in this case on the on the thorchain side and from like you know thorchain nine realms just like the people who are focused on the protocol part of our perspective is let's go help the ecosystem develop because you know that can really that can really help move some of the key the key needles for us and so we don't necessarily we wouldn't have to do that but this is actually just what i think part of what makes the thorchain ecosystem like a really sound ecosystem is that we have a really close working relationship all the way through that stack from the ground up and you know that that allows us to create really solid experiences, even if they're just the beginning experiences. But as those relationships develop, as the teams that are north of the protocol understand what's coming down the line in terms of synths, things like that, you can create the conditions for us to be able to even roll out something like a war games. Because if we had no relationships like that, you can't do those types of things. And so, having really good relationships, you know, all the way through the stack is kind of what's happening here. Um, yeah, that's a long-winded answer. Sorry. No, thanks. I, I think that's. Uh, it's an important point because uh, I think a lot of people don't exactly, re- they think, you know, ThorChain is just kind of one entity and there is this, you know, this being that's doing what it's doing. But in reality, there's so many different teams that are collaborating on, on different levels and doing different things and all are contributing in, in their own way to a broader ecosystem, not just to one product, which is ThorChain, but more like, you know, one team is working on this back end, the other people are working on these front ends, other people are working on these wallets. Uh, and then people in the core team are working on features that will then be able to integrate with the other other teams, and it's uh, it's it's different than anything else, like kind of in the world. It's it, because any, anywhere else, say this was at at Google or something like that, it would all be an internal team with an organized leadership structure that you know functions in this particular way to ship out the product in you know in this time frame with these speech with this feature set. But it's all just kind of uh, individual teams working towards a common goal. Well, it's individual teams, but there's like, like we, like on the nine realm side, we've been like, you know, we're, we do a lot of coordinating with a lot of these folks. And so, you know, like it does require coordination and collaboration, but that's, you know, again, to say it again, this, this ecosystem and the teams that are working here, we, you know, we've been working together for the better part of a year. We've worked through some major bumps in the road and, and we've also worked through some really great times. And so the relationships that are kind of at the core of this, are really good, um, which allows for us to do these things that we're doing. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we let people on stage and start opening up to questions? Uh, we had Thor wallets here too, if they want to provide a uh, provide an update. Anyone that wants to speak, just request to speak right now while uh, we hear some other remarks. 
Yeah, I just had had one thing I wanted to make clear. So uh, for Bitcoin Ledger support specifically, that's on the the front ends at this point. Um, so if you're a, a front end and need support, please reach out. Um, you know, he, here to support that effort, however however I can. Yeah, on that from the from the user perspective, it does feel like XDefi is is taking a bit of a lead. Like I know it's on their uh, roadmap that they put out. I think for March at the latest, maybe even February, but. Um, and, and that's obviously a, a great way to interact with with Thorchain, just because you have all your different chain addresses right there in one wallet. So um, definitely a good first step to getting a lot of those ledger people on board. Yeah, I think I think February is when Bitcoin integration is happening for them. Perfect, awesome. Yeah, I wasn't sure if February or March, but soon, <laughs> very soon. Well, we have some some uh, speakers up here for questions. Let's start with Kenton. How's it going? Can you hear me now? Hello. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry, just bear with me on this question. It's kind of like a multi-part question. Um, it's about Thorify. Um, so like like with Anchor right now, there's talk about how there's more savers and borrowers, and they might need to bump up the reserves to make good on, on the interest. I'm just curious how that, you know, how that eventually works out and how it's gonna how it's gonna work on Thorify if if we provide single-sided uh, staking or pooling or whatever for crypto, and it's collecting a fixed interest, my understanding is the pool uh, yield then becomes variable and can acts like as the as the um, release valve. And I'm just wondering if on Thorify, um, instead of having a fixed interest on the single-sided uh, savings. What if that interest is variable in relation to the borrowers? And so just like on the liquidity pools and the bonds, we have an incentive pendulum. Uh, you know, if there's too much crypto in the pools, the yield goes towards zero and the bond, bond yield goes up. On Thorify, what if we had incentive pendulum? So if there's more savers and borrowers, the yield on the savers goes down and therefore the yield on borrowing goes down, which attracts borrowers. So instead of having the the liquidity pools act as um, uh, I'm trying to say, you know, trying to support support the single sided savers, um, the single sidedness, single sided savers and Thorfi kind of on their own with the borrowers, and, and the pools kind of stay insulated from that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. The so just to be clear, Thorfi. The Thorify implementation is, uh, you know, still being um, still being finalized, and so there are are moving pieces, uh, particularly around you know how we're managing the balance, the balance between saving savings and borrowing, um, as well as you know making sure that we have all kind of risk uh, parameters covered. Um, but one one kind of current um, thought process in some of this is the concept of protocol owned liquidity, uh, which kind of acts as a buffer. Um, in some of that. And from the, the kind of idea around fixed interest for savers is, is kind of a, um, a, that's like a great user experience. Uh, so kind of by leveraging uh, POL or the protocol and liquidity, you know, the idea is that we would be able to uh, kind of use that as cushion uh, to maintain the, that fixed interest rate while the POL is, is accumulating um, value. And then, you know, in uh, conditions where, there are, uh, you know, decreases in um, 
the kind of POL uh, value that that uh, you know the those savers are insulated. So there there's a few kind of moving pieces there, and I think that the um, the the notion around uh, uh, kind of balancing the savings and borrowing is, is is really important and you know something that we're considering. So with with the fixed uh, yield on on Thor savings, wouldn't that in kind of in turn make the single sided uh, savers make them the first class citizens of Thorchain because now the whole Thorchain network is has to adjust to make that constant rate. Um, and so it kind of takes away the emphasis on the liquidity providers of being first class citizens because now the liquidity providers are are supporting the fixed rate savers, which kind of I, I guess what I'm where I'm coming at, if we try to in- introduce a constant, um, it makes the rest of the system more variable and more vulnerable, doesn't it? Shouldn't it all be variable so it can all um, ebb and flow together? Um, yeah, so so I, I, see, I see where you're coming from. I think that the there you know is a case to be made for for that kind of variable uh, interest rate. the The idea was that that was a is a you know strong user experience. But I think that you know initially as we start to to kind of finalize the design and roll this out, you know that that interest rate can, you know, will be a parameter that, you know, the, the network can tune. Um, uh, and, and kind of the, what we've kind of seen with, um, you know, anchor specifically, you know, that, that, uh, you know, creates a lot of demand for that. And then, you know, when we have, when we have a lot of savers and we can have, you know, the corresponding number of borrowers, um, but, in, in kind of addressing the kind of LP uh, LP as first class citizen, that that doesn't change. Um, the the yield for savings is actually coming from uh, the POL, um, you know, in the kind of the current thought process. Um, so there's there's um, yeah a few more a few more moving parts, and and we'll uh, you know as things get finalized, we'll share share all of that so that you know everybody has the kind of same understanding of the of the of the system there. Hey, cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all your work. Yeah, you bet. Um, happy to, to to discuss more. Um, you know, Thorify is a is a really killer uh, feature here, and we want to make sure that we nail it right. You know, understanding all the moving pieces and and the risks, I think, are you know top of mind right now. Thanks, guys. Uh, don't wrap your Bitcoin. Welcome to the stage. Good evening, guys. Um, my question is: When is Tor Names going live, and when we're going to sell our Tor, our our domain name? So it's uh, so in terms of Thor names, Thor names should be able to be rolled out pretty quick after we get some of these basic things like the immediate roadmap is new chain connection with uh, with Terra. We've got synth war games going live. So once we get some of that worked through, I know Thor names will be somewhere on the horizon thereafter. Uh, thank you. Uh, hello, I have a question about uh, the future of Thor chain. Uh, basically, I wanted to know if there are any plans to have uh, maybe an I, uh, a DAO or. Uh, some some form of system to give uh, you know governance to to the rune community like people that hold rune yeah this in terms of decision making as a community this is definitely something we're going to have to we're going to have to get to over time right so you know it started as it started as a project as you know the shape we all know and one of the things like there's steps to this to whatever decentralization looks like or whatever community run networking looks like and one of the first steps that you guys are probably seeing in just the in the dev discord is node operators are starting to talk a little bit more through the through the anonymous channels and so 
node operators having control over key variables and network operation, uh, node operators having anonymous conversation. But right now, as it stands, the first transition step in in just like kind of moving moving to uh, community run network, or at least the the people, the largest stakeholders and the key stakeholders having a say in things. You know, the first transition point has been this kind of like uh, node operator conversation that's ongoing, and them being able to flip Amir commands in the network itself. Um, that's still the early days. You know, it's not anything that's going to happen overnight. But beyond that, I think this will be a an ongoing conversation for just us as a networking community to figure out how we want to do that and what that's going to look like. So, you know, in terms of what's immediately in front of us, we've got to get the bread and butter right. The bread and butter being network fundamentals, uh, chain connections, things like that. But something that is definitely on the radar that we, sh- you know, the, it's not too early to start the conversation is what does that look like as this transition into something that's more of, you know, more community involvement, more community decision-making. Um, so we don't have a, don't have an answer right now, but that's also like, just because the focus is on getting the basics of the network, right. Um, but it's definitely something that we're thinking about. Uh, feel free to add anything else you guys. Um, yeah. So w- like, what about the light nodes? Because you were mentioning nodes I've been hearing, uh, people mention uh, light nodes coming out for a while. Do we have any updates? So light nodes right now has, is the focus has been shifted. I don't know if you've been paying attention in the dev discord. Um, some of the recent focus has been around bond weighted rewards. The, the point, and Ryan, maybe you can, you can add some color here if I'm missing anything, but the point of where the focus has been recently is scaling the network's bond, scaling security so we can start to, you know, add more, add more in. And so on the bond scaling side, we've been, there's been a lot of dialogue around that. Light nodes had been one of the approaches there, but light nodes also has a lot of like you want to want to we want to test things in as secure a manner as possible without changing a lot of things in the process, right? So we want to see if we can get to the end goal without having to do a lot of things to to achieve that. How many? How, what are the fewest changes we can make to actually get there? And so some of the changes that have been you know with light nodes that was one possible path. Another possible another possible path for scaling bond has been bond weighted rewards and a few other things that we have in our pocket. So. Um, from that perspective, that was just one of the early approaches to solve a problem. Um, and yeah, the some of the first approach that's being taken, though, is something like bond-weighted rewards. Awesome. Uh, what would be the best place for community members to keep updated with searching? Discord, Discord is by far the, the highest flow of communication. Which server? Which server? Uh, the dev Discord. We can, I don't know if somebody, uh, one of the hosts can I, pop I'm in. I'm already in it. Okay, oh, so yeah, so I'm, yeah, general channel, uh, like the economics channel is good stuff, chaos net. Uh, but yeah, best place by far. Okay, yeah, for every for everyone wanting their ear to the ground on what's going on in ThorChain, that is an absolute gold mine of seeing it straight from the source. Um, just to clarify, like, yeah, like for the most part, uh, myself too, like be a fly on the wall and kind of see what's going on. But that just that's not the one to ask, like, you know, how do I... How do I LP or something like that? Uh, for that, you can go to LP University, um, ThorSwap Discord, uh, other places. But yeah, ThorChain Dev Discord, definitely get in there and just uh, you know be amazed at <laughs> seeing the forefront of what's actually coming. So definitely good to be in there. Uh, Donku, good to see you up here. Uh, go ahead with the question. Yeah, thank you. And I just wanted to say also hi to you, right? I'm enjoying always what you're writing. Uh, how close you are, of course, to Torchin and also to the Terra ecosystem. I'm super excited to what you guys uh, just discussed earlier, right? That Terra is finally also arriving on the Torchain network. 
I think that's amazing. As you guys said, uh, it's just win-win for everybody. And I can't wait myself <laughs> to provide some liquidity and do also content on the stuff. And that's basically also my biggest question because I would enjoy myself to do more content on TorChain. And I texted you also in parallel chat. And I don't know the guy who was earlier in here. I think he was also one of the developers because um, whatever you guys have in mind and you would like to share with me, as I said, I would like to do content on Synths. I would like to do content on the LPing and when the Terra network is finally also getting in contact with TorChain. So um, feel free to shoot me all the information you have. I heard right now that the Dev Discord is the best place to get information because uh, I'm open with you guys. I'm struggling a bit to get the visibility on the information on TorChain. <laughs> which I think is kind of not as cool enough as you guys deserve because you are building amazing tech, right? So whatever you want to share, I'm, I'm happy to support uh, because I think it's just uh, amazing to see what's happening. Yeah, great. I'll, I'll definitely uh, be in touch with you and, and coordinate. I'm in a similar boat. I'm uh, helping ThorSwap make uh, tutorials and, and stuff like that. So we can definitely uh, coordinate together and make sure that all audiences have as clear of information as possible. Um, so yeah, that, that sounds great. And definitely again, yeah, the synergy between the two, I, I'm a lunatic as well and, uh, just love to see it in very exciting times ahead. And, uh, we'll, we'll all do our best to, you know, this is so community driven and like, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Like there, there's not always a super clear source on stuff. Um, but we're doing our best as a community to, to build those sources, uh, ourselves, you know, with, with, with spaces and tutorials and articles. So yeah, we're all, we're all in this together. <laughs> I mean, make sure you join the discords and also we've been trying to do like a lot of spaces and, uh, sorry, me, me and Chad have been trying to do a lot of spaces and just talking with people and because people have a lot of basic questions and you know, we come up here and talk about a lot of like, you know, high level things about like what's happening in the future, but not so much focused on like what exactly the whole protocol is and what, what it's doing. And anyone here can get involved in, uh, you know, being someone that communicates these types of things. So make sure you go into the dev discord, uh, and let's, you know, there's so many ways to, uh, to get involved here because literally everyone is hiring. All, all we want to do is grow this protocol and, you know, uh, anyone here can step up and do that. So, thanks, man. Yeah, super stoked to hear. Um, love all the work that you do in the Terra ecosystem. I'd also say, yeah, just echo, hop in the Discord and ask questions there. Um, and I I agree, the, the information flow is a bit chaotic. Um, and we're working to to try to streamline that. Um, there, there's a lot of information out there on kind of, you know, uh, earlier implementations of things. And so trying to like refresh all of that, uh, you know, is a, is an ongoing process. So yeah, reach out, ask questions. Um, and, you know, as you need resources, um, or, or, uh, folks that, um, you know, can give you a clear picture of things, you know, just let us know. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Um, I just followed everybody that I was not following here <laughs> and you can be sure that probably in the next, uh, three to four days I'm reaching out because I said, congratulations to you guys. And yeah, you could say chaotic, but I think it's the strength of the Tor network, right? It's kind of amazing to see how all of this grows kind of through the community, right? Um, I think CoinBureau is kind of also a big fan of what you guys did here and developed. Uh, so there are a lot of people, I think, giving the attention that you needed. And I'm out so that others can speak. <laughs> Thanks. So we have uh, Cryptic Girl. You join the stage? Cryptic Girl, hello. You're still muted. Uh, if bottom left if you can unmute yourself or in the meantime let's uh 
we've got Thorwald up here as well. We can, how's it going, Thorwald? Hi guys, going good. How are you doing? Doing well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, basically I just <laughs> joined, listened, and then it asked me if I want to uh, speak. <laughs> so I just wanted to say hi to everyone. There is actually just this very second, I got a notification that a new test flight is out. So everyone using Tor Wallet, probably in the next couple of minutes, will get a notification to, to install the newest update. Right, what's new with uh, with Thor Wallet? Like, I, I hear you guys are uh, trying to be very quick in integrating Doge into Thor Wallet. What, what other kind of updates are you guys uh, been doing? And like, what's what's the basics of like what is Thor Wallet? People who haven't who might not have heard of you. Yeah, sure. So uh, for for the basics, those who haven't heard, um, we're Android and iOS um, wallet, Thor Wallet decks. So you can interact with Thor Chain through your mobile phone. Um, the the newest update that is coming out right now has basically just a lot of bug fixes done under the hood. So there, there are a bunch of edge cases, um, different kind of sequences. If you added liquidity symmetrically, then you withdrawn again the next time you want to uh, add liquidity symmetrically and all those kind of edge cases, how to, to interact um, and, and what to show to the end customers. Um, I think now we have a pretty stable version. Um, and also some uh, ERC-20 um, miscalculations we had before with um, with fees, gas fees, they're, they're all fixed. So pretty much everything under the hood now, hardening the core. Um, that's what we focused on. And yeah, going forward, um, we're going to have Dodge integrated latest by the end of february probably before it shouldn't shouldn't be too hard um yeah since it's very similar to other chains already integrated um yeah <laughs> that's it yeah i've been seeing a lot of a lot of chatter about uh thorwall especially on like i would say the less advanced platforms like uh like reddit and, and things like that so i just want to say congrats for you guys recent success because it seems like a lot of people are reacting well to uh, the wallet. Nice. Yeah. What we, what we have noticed is that, so we've grown now to around 7,000 to 300 downloads and we haven't really kickstarted marketing yet, just tested a little bit. So we're, it's basically organic growth word of mouth. I would say very happy with that. Um, and it's, I call it like, um, uh, the, the growth should be, uh, plant like a plant growth where you can always iterate the more people use your wallet the more edge cases you find uh then again you need time to harden it um so we're yeah we're, we're very happy with that um and we see that more and more people who are not familiar with tor chain um download the wallet and start using it um just you know then popping in our twitter asking some questions in our discord or telegram um, asking question and we clearly then realize okay they they don't know yet how torching works how you know the pooling works and so on so that's you know very good um but now we have also shifted slightly the roadmap that we're going to implement like faqs um in the website but then also educational slides and, and screens in the wallet uh, to basically onboard those clients better 
um, so they they know what they are doing, um, know the risk, know the rewards. Um, so yeah, that's that's actually what we are focusing on right now, uh, getting them up to speed, <laughs> and and marketing obviously is being prepared underneath the hood, sex listing as well, uh, new features, wallet connects, working on. So there's yeah a lot of stuff going on. Very exciting. Awesome to hear. It's it, it's exciting to hear the the Doja integration is is so soon, especially because um, you know as a as a mobile first wallet, that's especially friendly to a Doge user that is especially overwhelmed by something like a key store right now. So it's it's that's a good synergy to have such a friendly option available to newcomers that aren't familiar with you know key stores and all this stuff, but could just have an app. Um, that should be a great place to onboard those, those style of users. So great that you're catering to that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we kind of switched now to a little bit more towards the education stuff at the beginning, the, the user onboarding, like liquidity pooling actually means 50% exposure to Rune and and stuff like that you need to know they need to know what is impermanent loss and how they're protected with torchain um so yeah all those questions we, we don't want to mislead them what right it's just um a matter of right now most of the users were familiar with that because they were from the torchain ecosystem so now you you got to onboard the other ones too it's, yeah going to be exciting Sweet. Is there anyone else that wants to come up and uh, ask questions to Thor Wallet, to Orion, or uh, ask general questions about the ecosystem? Make sure uh, you raise your hand. And this is also um, a good spot for ecosystem projects to come on and share uh, what's going on in their projects and updates and uh, just generally just talk with the community, get exposure in that way. So um you know make, make sure you guys are tuning into this weekly because this is where people will be coming on and uh it, it's a good platform to ask questions and really know what the people behind everything are uh are thinking about and preparing for looks like bulls key is requesting again also uh cryptic girl if you want to give that another shot if you had a question um feel free to try to unmute yourself uh if not Bolski can go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to know, after all the bug fixes that the Thorwald app is going to have, what would be like uh, exciting features that the team is thinking of? Um, you mean exciting features in the future? Yes, like maybe that right? things that we haven't seen before inside a wallet or, you know, big... Uh... Yeah, sure. So what we want to do first, right, is have everything just a smooth experience um no failed transactions um if there is a failed transaction it should show exactly why it happened um but better even inform inform him beforehand <laughs> what might happen so all those core things um which are pretty complex in cross chain and then mobile we we need and want to nail them down i, I think the version that is going to be out now in the in a couple of hours that's going to be um pretty close already um then it's just you know step by step um having wallet connect as example gives the users a lot of um more possibilities to connect you know with the the, the browser um it's makes the wallet just overall more powerful 
um, integrating Terra will be a game changer um, as well. If you have that one-click UST um, saving for 90.5% um, ready as well, like, you know, you have your Bitcoins, you swap them to UST and then you click and they're in the Anchor Protocol. It's, it's going to be very useful. And I think one of the most used features as well um, there's so many things. Once the um, things are activated and you have cross-chain savings account, I really see cross-chain savings accounts as like a black hole. I mean, who wouldn't want to single-side stake Bitcoin or any other layer one token who was outside of DeFi um, at those nice rates? Um, you just need to get the awareness and, and then it speaks for itself, like the, the interest rates uh, you get. So it's step by step, um, just going to division to become like crypto.com or Coinbase or uh, Binance, whatever you want to call it, um, app for DeFi. Um, we already work on a, a field on off ramp, but this is a longer longer term uh, project uh, we run on the side as we want to have, you know, the, the best possible solution. And there are various ways how you could accomplish it. Um, yeah, just, you know, I, I don't think there are huge, massive steps. They're all small steps, iterative new versions coming, you know, in a two weekly basis. And, and every time it, it gets better and stronger. But in 12 months from now, I think we're very close to division where we want to be. Thanks. Let's see if we can get these two last questions. Ryan has to go. So let's see. Uh, I think Crypto Girl came back up on stage if you want to ask your question quickly so we can uh, let Ryan go or uh, Crypto Surfer. Whoever gets here first gets the last, last question. <laughs> oh, we good? Yeah, go for it. All right. Thanks, guys. I just wanted to kind of give you a perspective. I'm sure everybody in here, you know, is, is very experienced in crypto. And, and so this will give you just a little bit of a different perspective. So my first investment was actually in the ThorChain system, and I'm involved in, in various ways. But one of the things that um, I've kind of struggled with, you know, personally, has just been the complexity of the system. Uh, and so kind of educating and so on. So I've been all over Twitter and just kind of see how the education and getting the word out and making it accessible for the retail investor and for the person who's not a pro, um, you know, with crypto. And I got to tell you, and this is this is a shout out to Thor Wallet. When that came out, to me, that really helps with accessibility to ThorChain and kind of making it a simple user experience. And so I just wanted to kind of voice my bullishness on Thor wallet and kind of improving the accessibility, you know, to people that may not fully understand, you know, liquidity pools and all the complexities of Thor chain. So that's it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot too. Cool. Thanks guys. And th thanks to Ryan for coming out and uh, Chad for hosting. Uh, I, I just want to do like, I just want to say real quick that uh, I'm familiar cow and I run uh, a project called veneer threads. I make NFTs that are redeemable for a real a real life custom made uh door chain sneaker with all the accessories and stuff so I, I pinned it up on top if anyone here is interested in uh checking it out if you haven't heard of it already it's veneer threads and we make door force one the coolest sneaker in the ecosystem so uh <laughs> yeah uh thanks everyone for coming out we do these weekly so uh make sure that you tune in and uh if you if you can't make it 
check out the recaps, which are posted on RuneBase after the episode's over. Thanks, yeah, th- thank, thanks to Nine Realms for all the great answers and all the great questions from the audience. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, and we're going to try and host more uh, non-weekly uh, shows as well, like try and have people on. I know Thor Wallet had people from the Doge community on just as uh, kind of like a mixer where you can hear people from that community and then uh, the Thor Chain people can talk. And, and you, we can all learn from each other, right? So uh, we're going to try and do more shows and not just the weekly things. So. Uh, keep an eye out for that in the future. And anyone here can organize their own things as well. And, you know, yeah. invite other community members will show up. There's also a Thor swap space uh, today, uh, six Eastern. So another, another chance to get involved uh, and hear what the community is up to. But yeah, um, echoing familiar cow as well. Like we're going to just do more, it, it just like some casual hangout sometimes, you know, yesterday we just kind of chatted Thor chain and other things for a while. So yeah, let's just, uh, you know, we're all kind of in the community together and like we, you know, we, we can all contribute to this thing. So, um, yeah, you know, you can feel free to point people to us, uh, questions and, uh, yeah, we'll keep yeah, this all join. going. It, like if you're here and you're curious, join the, the ThorChain dev discord. I linked it up in the, the pin tweets up above. Uh, so check that out, join there, be a fly on the wall there. And that's where you can really see, uh, what's going on in development. That's, that's where me and Chad go to see what's going on. And I, you, know, you can actually see the conversations of, of the developers saying like, Hey, we're, we're working on this right now. Or like, this isn't working or, you know, it, it, things like that. It's re- it's really cool. Like window into the development of like a critical crypto infrastructure project, which is just amazing. So. Rune Ranger coming on at the very last second as we're wrapping up, but thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> you have anything else to say, Chad? We could just wrap it up. No, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Um, yeah, thanks to everyone 